0: Episode four?
1: This is, yeah, this is Channel Open, episode four. I'm James. Amber. I'm Kenton. And uh, I've had a little bit of time since the last episode. One of the things that uh, we were really looking forward to is getting some feedback from citizens, from officers, kind of questions, and one of the things that came up was... Uh, civilian interactions with law enforcement you know what what do as law enforcement officers what do we uh expect what do we expect sounds like a bad word like we're demanding what would we want the public to know exactly yes what
0: about interacting with law enforcement about about building their case about everything about about how to act on a traffic stop why what we want them to know
1: yeah the cert- situations when we would make a traffic stop when we would talk to you when uh you know you've called the police what to expect when we show up um things like that so i think that's a great topic and i think
2: his tone was how can we do better to help you do your job
1: exactly and there's a lot of tension right now uh, in some areas of the country there's a lot of Things that are spun differently in different media outlets that causes this tension. Sometimes it's deserved. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes we can do better. Everybody admits that law enforcement is a growing and evolving profession. We can do better. Um,
0: and I think we have frustration when we hear stories of, of coworkers behaving in certain ways that we have frustration that sure. they are Without part of the problem.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it goes back to what you said in episode one or two. Uh, treat every call like it's your grandmother or your mother that you're dealing with and that's, think that's exactly the same for any traffic stop that you make. So let's uh, start
0: with that. Let's start with traffic stops. What would you want Joe Citizen, Jane Citizen to know about how to behave on a traffic stop to help it go smoothly and safely for everyone involved?
1: Well, chances are we're not singling you out. We're just trying to meet our quota. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I do. <laughs> <laughs> on,
0: on a
2: traffic stop, if I'm the one getting stopped, I do exactly what I would want someone to do, and that is I put both of my hands on the steering wheel. The windows roll down. If it's nighttime, I roll all four windows down.
1: By the way, I just want to interrupt and say that I was joking about the quota thing. I've only known one incident where, in my almost 15 years where it, was, it could have been interpreted that somebody was trying to enforce a quota for an overtime gig, and uh, it was a productivity requirement, and that person was heavily uh, disciplined. For that incident, so I'm, I'm here to tell you that I know of no actual incidents.
0: Of quotas. quotas are illegal. Where they're illegal, we're and never we do given not practice them
1: right. So it was a joke, but
0: but somebody heard that and already recorded over it. Exactly, it's on InstaTweet right now.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and ahead. we were, and we were making a joke about it too. So <laughs> how terrible are we? It's
0: already been InstaTweeted.
1: <clears throat> yes, so. So you roll
0: down all your windows. I roll down my windows. If it's
2: nighttime, I'll roll down my windows. Uh, I just want the officer to feel as comfortable as he can be because I certainly do not want uh, an overreaction of any sort. And there shouldn't be because my hands are on the steering wheel. But I also want him to know, uh, in in fact, it was a traffic stop that I'm talking about. Uh, I was going to a hunting ranch. ranch. I had my father-in-law with me. He's retired HPD. I'm active sergeant at the sheriff's office. And we were out of county uh, and the truck was loaded down with guns. I mean, the whole back seat was guns. Um, That was his first question, are there any weapons? He introduced himself. He sounded like he was nervous. I don't know why, because it wasn't like I was driving well over the speed limit and I think I had a tail light out on a trailer, which was the reason he stopped me. But when he walked up to the truck, he sounded very nervous and it made me nervous so i rolled all my windows down turned the dome light on Mm -hmm. uh, so he could see everyone in the vehicle and he introduced himself and he said are there any weapons on board i said absolutely there's weapons on board but we're (laughs) heading to a." you have two police officers in the truck and we're headed to a hunting ranch and he calmed down after that um but it made me nervous to know he was already nervous
0: could have been he was new
2: Uh, he may have i think he was um but my tone i didn't overreact i didn't reach for anything uh i he didn't know i was a police officer i rolled my windows down i turned the dome light on my hands were on the steering wheel at, after that you know and uh i spoke to him calmly and uh it all went well i didn't get shot how about that yeah
0: i think what i my frustration when i used to do traffic stops was <clears throat> You're supposed to pull over to the right. Yes. Don't stop in a moving lane of traffic. Um,
2: Or the far left lane, if there is one on the freeway.
0: Far left lane. uh, You're supposed to move to the right. And what would be appreciated is that you pull over far enough. To have room. That I have room to approach your vehicle from either side partially for my safety and for your safety, because if somebody looking at the blinky lights as they're driving past us is not totally focused on their, their driving and they swerve, if you're sitting right on the fog line, you're at greater risk of being hit yep. you and know that what? becomes my concern. As soon as I realize that you've stopped, maybe you did pull over to the right, but you've stopped. Just and make you're, sure you're not in tall red grass. Right. <laughs> yeah. You're, please don't stop in tall red grass. But an experienced officer, I always, I may have had the infraction that I need to pull you over, and I'll wait until I see an area that I think is the safest place. Exactly. For me to get you pulled over, and that's when I'm going to light you up. And it, it may not be necessarily right when I saw what you did. Right. But I've waited until I've given you the opportunity of a parking lot or, you know, a nice big wide open shoulder where we're both going to be safe while we do this traffic stop
1: and even though you've planned all that out they still don't do it
0: right and also (laughs) there's no honing beacon is it honing Homing? homing homing beacon around your house so if i try to light you up and you live just two blocks away do not continue on to your house yep that was that's happened a few times
1: no and don't feel like you have to stop in the lane of traffic or on the shoulder if there is a parking lot nearby please pull in the parking lot we're not talking about two two quarters of or two three miles up the road we're talking about like quarter mile up the road, you see there's a parking lot there. Pull off the road. And usually like Amber says, we'll wait until there's an appropriate time and place where we can pull you over and usually nearer a driveway or a parking lot to get a side of the roadway. We
2: but want all the light we can have.
1: Right. We want all the room we can And have. for
0: your safety and mine. No, I'm going to audio and video record this traffic stop. So please pull into if it's a parking lot, a place where I can pull up behind you without blocking major lanes of traffic maybe in that shopping center and i can conduct my traffic stop being directly behind you so that i can film for your safety and mine whatever's about to happen on this traffic stop so those things if you're truly trying to make this interaction as peaceful as it can be these are things that would help make my job easier um so that there's no question, nothing's off camera, because I've had people in parking lots try to pull into a proper space. Mm-hmm. And then for me to stay directly behind them, I'm now blocking the, lane the of major travel. travel lane through that shopping center.
1: So what are some of the uh, situations where you get pulled over um, and you didn't really do anything wrong as a civilian? You know, you're, you're driving along, suddenly there's red and blue lights behind you and you have no idea what's going on. Uh, well first thing I guess I should say is you're probably breaking the law, traffic law, whether you know it or not.
0: Right. Well it's like
2: my in my situation I had a tail light out on my trailer and I didn't know it. Mhm.
0: And uh, I did a lot of traffic stops when I was on patrol for those types of reasons. It wasn't my intent to to cite you for anything. Right. It was my intent to make you aware because I know most people do not do a walk around on their vehicle before they go right. grocery shopping. So if they had a tail light out or something like that a break light then i'd you know pull them over let them know and i don't think i ever wrote a citation for that
1: no uh, not unless it was like the third time you stopped them that week <laughs> right <laughs> and, you're, and you're like get this thing fixed and they you know but uh, i would say you know one thing that i don't think that the community really realizes is that um, we communicate a lot with each other as law enforcement so if a uh, woodlands mall has a burglary suspect that's driving around and it is a 1998 green Honda Accord with tinted windows, you can bet I'm going to find a reason to stop every green Honda Accord I can find. Probably every Honda Civic too, just because they may not have given the make or the model right.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it won't be an unlawful stop, but if you didn't signal your turn, chances are I'm going to stop you just so I can see are you the people that we're looking for. And
2: don't be alarmed if there's three other patrol cars behind the, the initial patrol car.
1: Yeah, because they'll show up for something like that.
0: And I think what you, you started to say was, what if you didn't do it? What if you didn't think you did anything worth being pulled over for? The other part of that is, if it's not just a taillight, if it is a moving violation, I'm, I'm saying that you ran the stop sign or you were speeding or you failed to see a little lane change or something like that. You are not going to do yourself any favors by arguing with me about it on the side of the road.
1: No, because chances are, especially at the local level, chances are you're probably going to get a warning. And even at the state level, a lot of the times, you're not doing anything crazy. uh, Police know that not every stop requires a citation. Chances are you were probably on the path to a warning and your mouth can talk yourself into a citation.
0: Well, that's what I always told people is there's very few things as a peace officer that you're required to do. And in, in law enforcement, the key word in, in the penal code or CCP... Discretion. Or it, the, the key word is shall. Oh, yeah, shall you, and you may. You shall do this and you, you shall may. do that. Yeah. If, the, uh, if the law says that a peace officer shall do blah, 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 then we have to do that. In, mm-hmm. in law enforcement terms, shall equals absolutely you have to do this. If it says you may do this, then that's where discretion comes in, and that's where most of law enforcement is, is discretion. If I pull you over... don't necessarily have to give you a ticket but your behavior can talk you into that ticket um i think a funny one i had a friend of mine he's not in law enforcement anymore um he was the guy that pulled him over it was like a license plate light or something like that and the guy was acting the guy that got pulled over was acting like total jerk and he's like this is bullshit and you cops just make up any reason to pull people over and harass people so you got you got five minutes to write me this ticket, and I'm out of here. That's it. And so the deputy, fully intending just to let him know your your license plate light was out, went, wrote the ticket, came back and said, "Okay, sir, here's the ticket you requested. I wrote it as quickly as I could. Um, I hope that we're within the five-minute range." And he said, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! What?" Well, I was just going to give you a warning, but you told me I had five minutes to write you this ticket, and so I wrote it as quickly as I can. See, so please I just need you to sign right here. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We. <laughs> I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Here's, it, here's your ticket you requested, sir.
1: Well, I justify that, especially when I was training people, or, or as a sergeant, you know, talking to deputies that were fresh out of training, is that sometimes people refer to that as pop. You know, you somebody got attitude with you, so pissed off the police, so I'm going to go write you a ticket because you made me mad. No. The purpose of law enforcement is to gain compliance with the law. And to gain compliance with the law, sometimes it means that you get a warning. Sometimes it means you get a ticket. Unfortunately, sometimes it means somebody gets killed. But our job is to get compliance with the law. The discretion comes in is if you're on the side of the road running your head at me about how I'm wrong and you're right, that tells me right off the bat that a warning's not going to do it. That's not going to get you to comply next time. So, or if you're apologetic, you have an explanation or you didn't know that you didn't realize that, like the taillight thing, right. then a, a citation is often not necessary. The goal is to get compliance. And um, so um, it doesn't necessarily mean you're getting a ticket right off the bat. Just let us know what the situation is and, you know, we can work with that. And
0: I think my biggest pet peeve when I'm off duty in my personal vehicle is people camping in the left lane Mm -hmm. of a multi-lane. Which is a crime. Which is against the law. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people don't know that, even though there are signs all over the place that say you're not to travel in the left lane unless you are passing or turning left um, on a multi-lane roadway.
2: (laughs) Yes, it does
0: And so I used to pull people over for that, and I I did not cite them for it. I did it in hopes that the next time I was off duty and trying to get somewhere, Yep. I don't have to sit beside. Behind. Or even on duty,
1: you're going to a, a priority three call that's <laughs> not necessarily important, yes. and you just need to get down the roadway, get out of the left lane. Um, yeah. Go get ahead. Out. I know you're. You, it's I know it's you ditching, do well, There's two things that,
2: that the state could thing. do to enforce this: is to push that message, mm-hmm. which they do not. They have one sign every so many miles that says. Left lane for passing only. That's what's on 45 that I travel all the time anyway. Uh, They're not looking at signs. They're looking at their phones. Mm -hmm. So most people that are blocking the lane, if you drive past them, they're still looking at their phone when you're able to get around them. There should be enforcement on that and the lane blockage. So uh, and it doesn't say that if you do the speed limit, you still don't have to get out of the way. It says, if you're not passing, I think that's how they get around all that. Yep. If you're not passing, move to the right.
1: Or about to make an immediate left turn. But you know what
2: I also noticed, and I'm not trying to offend anyone, a lot of millennials are not taught that. They're not taught that that is a very crucial situation in traffic building up.
0: It is. And it creates people driving erratically out of frustration and, and all sorts of issues. And I, yeah. So the phone thing... So I have an interesting... I think it's interesting... Theory of how to enforce people using their phones while driving. So I took a class a long time ago about distracted driving for law enforcement. We're driving in these patrol cars. There's all sorts of blind spots because of cages and all sorts of things. We have a MDT or um, mobile... Whatever. We have a computer. Mobile data terminal,
1: but laptop computer.
0: We have a radio... We have all sorts of things going on in the car. And we are, as law enforcement, distracted by what all we have going on. Not we're to mention the camera shit hanging down off
1: responding the Responding to calls.
0: Them. Lots of blind spots. And one of the people in the class asked the instructor. Um, so in states where they outlaw um, using a phone without, you know, Bluetooth or without right. a headset for phone calls or texting or whatever, when they outlaw that... Do fatality deaths go up or down?
2: They've got to go down. They go up. They go up. Because, because, because now, instead
0: of you here. having your phone in front of your face, like half the people on 45 that you talked about driving down the road have their phone directly in front of their Whether face. Whether
2: it's a law or not a law, I guarantee you they do not indicate the, or post the true numbers That's fact. on texting and driving and, and fatality
1: accidents. What I'll say about texting and driving or even surfing Facebook, whatever you want to do.
0: Putting in GPS.
1: If you can do it and not affect everybody else's day, I don't care if you're texting and driving. However, 99% of people cannot do that.
0: Correct. So here's my idea. So y'all tell me what you think. My idea is the way you get people's attention is you hit them in their pocketbook, right? So for me, in a marked unit, to be able to pull you over playing on your phone is more difficult because as soon as you see the marked unit, you put your phone down, right? So... I think if you could make it some part of their insurance policy that says that if you are in an accident, you have to submit an itemized telephone bill for that day, and if it shows that you were on the phone,
1: we're not paying for your accident. That's a Fourth Amendment issue. That's you can't do that.
0: Well, if you sign an agreement saying that I will surrender this, the
1: best thing they'd be able to do is cancel your insurance. Where does it uh, go against the the Fourth Amendment? We're talking about just a private entity, right? If,
0: if you, if I go, over we're not talking
1: about for pros- prosecution.
0: No, no, no. I'm talking about if I go and sign up for for my my auto insurance policy, and they say we have a new it's we an have a new thing. Pr-
2: private, that's fine. Uh, that, that's I what we're I'm talking ta- about. Prosecution. No. Okay.
0: no, no, no. I'm talking about just for your insurance policy. Right, yeah. So I sign my insurance policy, and my insurance company says, um, "We'll give you this deductible, or we'll give you this lower deductible." If you agree, if to you agree your stuff. to submit an itemized phone record uh, and they put out something for the phone companies to know what they require mm-hmm. so that it's very detailed and
1: maybe a standardized you submit,
0: form yes you submit to me your phone records for the date of your accident and if you chose that you were on the phone at the time of the crash we're either not going to pay your policy or we're going to raise your deductible or you know there's some penalty associated with you being on the phone
1: at the time only if you're found to be at fault i I don't think so i can
2: tell you this that they are now even if you're not at fault that they will percentage that thing out my daughter was in an accident and they showed her like at 35 40 percent at fault because we have a duty to pay attention and to take evasive action is what the lady told me really and i said so you're telling me that my daughter did everything correct on this particular accident everything else every other accident was her fault this time she was at a red light and she started going moving forward when the light turned red the guy ran a red light and sideswiped her so you're telling me
0: she should have they're saying she should have I, waited she should longer have seen him line? coming
2: which she should have i would have probably seen him coming But she didn't She was looking forward Because she's supposed to be looking To where she's going Right If you want to get technical And She was sideswiped Well They did cover Her And they It was proven that uh, The guy was 100% We had witnesses He was driving down the shoulder In the uh, intersection Why he was not arrested I don't know This was in uh, The county south of us Hmm. So um, I think that that language right there tells you that they're already trying to not pay as much. And you as a good driver, that's never had an at fault accident, you're still responsible, which we are in in a way, but if it occurs, we shouldn't be responsible, right? Right. So uh, everyone that pays the money and everyone that does the right thing has to pay more. And that's with a business, driving, anything. And it's very irritating when you have a company that you've been paying for to pay your insurance, or to go to bat for you towards the other insurance that hits you, that you're not shown a percentage of fault when somebody runs a red light on the shoulder.
0: Yeah, I've never yeah. heard of a percentage of, uh, of Check bill. it out.
1: I've only heard 50-50, and that was where they couldn't prove the status of a right, light. Right, right. i before. Well, she
2: tried to calmly explain it to me in her, uh, how can I put this in her own way? and she didn't have the the uh she, wasn't persuasive she didn't enough. have the ability to do so so i spoke to the next person and then another person and they finally agreed with me that i think you're correct blah blah, blah. and i and i wanted to say at that point after i got in my way which i thought i was right but why would the first person say all this because some people just fall back and say okay that's well exactly I, why so i think that's wrong that's, that's a horrible thing to do to people yeah i've never heard of that. So,
1: uh, where were we at? I'm we sorry, were <laughs> we went down <laughs> No, I'm, not, I'm not adding
0: writers. We I guess a writer to your insurance policy saying that if you're in a crash, you're going to submit your phone bill. Right. And that was So, all. do you think that that would curb people using their phone?
1: Right. Um, no. Because they never think it's going to happen to them. I don't think it does. I don't think it would.
2: Or the child doesn't pay for their insurance.
0: No. But I and, see, I, think and I say child many, they
2: might be 25
0: right but they're on daddy and mommy's insurance right but i see just i mean just as many adults
2: you're right it's its adults. horrible
1: you're I right think, i think it just starts and and unfortunately this is one of the most dangerous things that police officers do is traffic styles but it starts with enforcement um especially during and after covid traffic enforcement has been down quite a bit i mean obviously so Man, um, I'm not saying that it that that's what police should be doing. And, in fact, when I was on the, when we were on the streets, I didn't have a lot of time to yeah. run a lot of traffic. We were too fucking busy. I did not have the time to run a bunch of traffic. And if I'd hear one of my guys running traffic on one of these roads while everybody else is running circles trying to run all these calls, I'd call them and tell them to quit that shit, get on one of these calls.
2: Or it better be something you know these are burglars or you know i know this guy's a burglar right whatever
1: no but if you hear some guy check out 10 times on traffic in an hour in the same spot he's running traffic and he's looking yeah yeah i was day shift we did that (laughs) yeah it's like get out here and help us run these calls i mean these are people who have called not to say that traffic's not important don't get me wrong it starts with enforcement um and enforcement is a bad word to say, I guess Because maybe it starts with education Like you were saying uh, Kids aren't taught this You were saying millennials are not taught this
2: They're not They're clearly not
1: And so uh, that's something that And no, no, I don't think there's going to be a lot of millennials here this show But uh, I don't know But maybe be, it'll wake a
2: parent up to tell them
1: We're pretty right.
0: cool They may listen Yeah, though.
1: we're all All of us are in our like late uh, teens, early 20s, right? Right, yeah. right,
0: right <laughs> Times two Yeah Um. Okay, so traffic stops We got that so, so
1: you've called the police something's happening your neighbors have car are, have the music going too loud or they you hear them having a disturbance or there's been a four-wheeler drive down the roadway and you call the police what what to expect from us when we when we come out
0: um i would say first of all if if when i arrive on scene and you're telling me that this heinous offense has occurred And your words out of your mouth are, I got the whole thing on tape. Okay. Let me explain to you what that means. Because we, as police officers, have the whole thing on tape. That means, and when I was in detectives, what we would do is, as you approach the scene, I would say, this is detective so-and-so. Today is June 1st. It's about... 427 p.m. It's
2: already 120 degrees. 120
0: degrees. I'm going to meet with (laughs) James and Kenton. We're going to discuss an incident that occurred, case number, blah, 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 blah. And then I record the whole thing until I walk out the door and I say, Detective so-and-so. I'm back in my vehicle, leaving the scene. This is the end of the interview. If you're going to tell me that you've recorded the whole thing, I don't know about y'all, but every video I've ever watched is a bunch of cell phone bing banging around, Mm -hmm. some screaming, can't see anybody's face, can't figure out what's going on. It's it's about knee deep into the shit by the time the audio starts and it ends before anything actually happened.
1: Because unless you are a director, (laughs) you something prompted you to get your phone out and start recording. That is not not on video. So you don't have the whole thing on tape.
0: (laughs) Right. And the other good thing about law enforcement is different agencies have different policies, but most agencies, from the moment I turn my camera on um, in a patrol vehicle, it's going to roll back, Mm -hmm. you know, 30 seconds, a minute, whatever it is. And so if I see a crash happen in front of me and I hit my lights, I've just got the crash on tape because it just rolled back. However, I don't know what current policy is, how far back it rolls back at our agency, but... I mean that's getting the whole thing on tape when from hello mm-hmm. until goodbye
2: yes and from the main database they can retrieve what 12 hours 72 or? Hours. in fact 72 yeah hours. if
1: you can actually get the hard drive you can get quite a bit off of there so um
0: so that's my first word of advice if you want to say i got the whole thing on tape and i personally used it with some incidents that i had with some family issues where i knew that this person was pretty volatile and i didn't want anything bad to happen even in in a personal situation as i would go to talk to this person about whatever our issues were as i'm driving down the street to go to their house i would say this is amber and i'm with my husband and this is such and such date and we're going to talk to so and so about such and such and then i would have the audio recorder in my pocket the entire time so that if they did allege you know especially in law enforcement we can't be involved in any kind of family violence or anything like that so if they did allege anything that i did i had the entire thing on tape from before i even entered the house until i left the house right and if nothing happened nothing happened fantastic
2: and they will never know that you actually taped them unless they lie and say that you did something that you didn't do right or say that you know they will never know
1: which is legal by the way you can record absolutely somebody as long as a person that's involved in the report recording is aware of it and the person doing the recording counts so as long as you're doing the recording and you're involved in it, you are legal to record somebody else.
0: In the state of Texas.
1: In the state of Texas. Now, one thing I think is important for people to also know is that 99.9% of police officers are not chomping at the bit to put you in jail. In fact, there is so much paperwork involved with putting somebody in jail, we do not show up with putting somebody in jail as the first option.
2: And every two years, it's added to it. There's more to it.
0: More paperwork. hmm
1: so we do not just because of the paperwork, but because we also realize the, the enormity of taking someone's liberty away from them. Absolutely. And you, you're also uh, potentially escalating the situation into a physical confrontation whenever you go to put handcuffs on somebody. Because, I mean, I don't know that. It seems like a lot of people don't believe this is a real thing. But when you tell somebody, put your hands behind your back, you're under arrest, and they go, "Fuck you! I'm not going to jail without a fight today." Right. They just think that doesn't happen. Right and it does then they I show
2: a half ass clip of you on the ground with them finally getting them handcuffed but they didn't show all the swinging that mm-hmm. they did
1: yeah the shovel they hit you with the first time. right um, and luckily he's not you know shot in body bag yeah. but no we're not showing up even if you're the suspect of a crime chances are we're not there with the default you know option of just putting you in jail if we're right. trying to just find out what happened go home to our family and really and truly, yeah, and don't make the news. And really and truly, it is a lot of paperwork nowadays. So if there's not a crime that needs to have an arrest done, we're not there to arrest you. We're, arrest is the last resort.
2: And regarding uh, officers, I know you as a sergeant. I didn't like to watch a bunch of videos to 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 be a keeping time on everybody, what they do, you know, Mm -hmm. when they're out there in the field. But it was kind of our duty to
1: keep an eye on – They call them spot checks.
2: Certain things. And and I think we're – it's a good thing for a sergeant to do, especially if there's a complaint. Um, I would would pull the deputies to the side and say, hey, uh, got a little excited on this one, didn't you? Or, you know, because I think that we had shift meetings in the Woodlands uh, before every shift most of the time and i would speak to them just exactly what you said that there's that's somebody's mom that's somebody's dad that's somebody's sister daughter whatever and until they give you no option you treat them with the utmost respect and it may save your life and on the civilian side of it that guy or female officer that's coming out there like you said they're not there 99.9 percent of the time to arrest you hmm they want to know what happened. They're there to keep the peace. That's what we are, peace officer. Peace officers.
1: officer. That's the whole title. That's what we're here to do is to keep the peace. Sorry. So we, uh, we're we not coming to just yank you out of your house, take all your liberties away. We're not trying to just, you know, come out here and do a, uh, what do they call, power trip. Right. It's not about that. The when job when you see is- that
2: officer that's doing that, that's when we as supervisors or even fellow deputies – you step in step in and because most people think we're all the you know the the blue line and all that stuff but we want those people out just as quickly as anything Uh, we don't want them out there because that may be my sister or my brother or my mom that's treated that way in another agency with the same caliber of officer
1: and it's very disturbing to see some of that or or that guy that same deal the guy that they're dealing with that day or girl sometimes girls are criminals too that same person that they're dealing I with. I like
0: that y'all feel that you need to include me in that. Uh, we try
1: to include you as much as possible <laughs> in the criminal discussion. <laughs> I see that. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's not always, uh, or what's important to remember is that that person may now carry forward that experience right. to me next time or somebody else that I care about in law enforcement. And now they're either going to shoot them or shoot at them or fight them or give them a bunch of attitude right. based off that previous encounter. Um, not to say that that's ever justified. But it's understandable sometimes why they act that way.
2: Um, and sometimes the responding officer that's getting that end of the stick really acknowledge this guy's been handed a bad uh, situation on another call. Right. Let me change that. Let's, uh, hey, bring it down a minute. Let's talk about why you're so aggressive to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to do that. I'm here to go home. I'm here to provide you or your neighbor with a service. Uh, and that is to keep the peace. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think I remember people being frustrated when i would question them a victim right or a witness um or suspect when i'm asking very detailed very pointed questions right um because people oftentimes just want to gloss over and blurt out information and what does it matter
2: he hit me yeah right okay
0: so how did he hit you did he hit you with an open palm did he hit you with his fist Uh, Where did he hit you? Did you feel pain? All of these questions that we're asking are either us trying to make sure that what you're saying makes sense. Or we're trying to meet the elements of offenses. Absolutely. And so if I'm asking you, and I've done, you know, interviews with people and asked them all these questions. And my favorite thing to do was to then recap. When I knew, especially when I knew somebody was full of shit. Mm Mm-hmm. And I remember one time we found a guy face down in his car. He had pulled into a, a bike path and kind of got stuck. He didn't hit anything, but he realized he couldn't go any further. And, and I he guess. He just shut it down. That was and it. And he just, yeah, shut it down.
2: This is where I'm staying. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> this is where I'm at.
0: And so I asked him a series of questions that went on for a while. And I said, so let me make sure. And so here comes my recap. This was, This was the actual recap. Your mom recently had surgery on her eyeballs, and so <laughs> does it? Does it <laughs> your mom. This is really what he said to me through my series of specific questions.
2: Your mom. <laughs> I can't do it. I, that's funny. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Your
0: mom, because you've experienced this same yes, conversation. Yes. Yes. Okay, so your mom recently had surgery on her eyeballs and has to stay face down on the bed. (laughs) The two of you got in an argument at 3 a.m. over nothing. You left the house. You went to your friend's house who cooked you a chicken dinner. She was yelling
2: at him (laughs) through the pillow? or
0: It it was an argument for no reason at 3 a.m. with his mom who had to stay face down on the pillow. He went to his friend's house. They cooked him a chicken dinner. He got salmonella poisoning from the chicken dinner he threw up in his underwear he took <laughs> he took his underwear off and his shorts and put him in the back seat he had a change of clothes because he's always prepared he then went to Walmart and bought milk and popsicle sticks and was going to take them back to his mom's house but he got tired and pulled over <laughs> the end
1: the end what's not plausible about that
0: i just made total sense first
2: of all how old is he to be living at home and two does he, he have about a job 20, does he have to go to work the next day
0: about 23. I, I just i just love the explanation when you're full of shit and you think you're selling it really well to the officer
1: with all the details
0: with all of these details and i'm just like no
1: this is going to come as a shock to a lot of the people that are listening to this but people lie to the police a mm. lot a lot so but sometimes we, it's fun. It is sometimes fun because then you just get because <laughs> you get carry stories up. like that. <laughs> yeah.
0: and you're like, okay, so at 3 a.m., y'all had an argument and that's over why nothing.
2: You have to have the recap. It's fun. You have to hear it again,
1: right? And, and that's why we ask. Let's so make many sure questions. we
0: understand each other. This is what you're saying happened.
1: Do you remember that person <laughs> um, <laughs> on uh, 45 at the Shell station? Yep. And it took us. Would it take us about an hour and a half, two hours to identify that bitch? So I had uh, a That trip. lady. <laughs> a
0: citizen. You meant citizen. A citizen.
1: And she was dead set that she was fixing to get out of this. But what she, she didn't know.
2: And she was. If, was if, I was a very committed person when it came to, when I know you're lying to me, I'm going to find out who you are.
1: And these are straight up criminals. They had all kinds of stuff that could only have been gotten. I'm saying I'm generalizing here, but only could have been gotten out of a string of burglaries in it, their car. And if, if it, the vehicle they were driving
2: did not normally possess pipe wrenches or uh, <coughs> multiple credit cards from other people. Uh, Friends. And there was a car seat. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Aunts, and uncles. then uh, whatever wardrobe they
1: had. Face it, masks. It was purses galore. Gloves. Yes. Yep. Yes. And we could not Alt-cutters. she kept, she had a story for everything and an we never could identify and we, we finally, finally
2: did did. How did we found a warrant on her
1: she had paperwork release paperwork in the, car, the in the car somewhere in the car we kept digging
3: <laughs> what
2: the dispatcher
1: <laughs> asked me where are you at no you just said uh what is she i just remember you go um one i'll be out on a liar <laughs> 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 you clear for her name and date of birth. <laughs> Finally found out who I she know. was.
2: And, I don't and know, she had a warrant. She, she a warrant. did have a warrant, yes. And, and two and a half hours of sitting there.
1: And I was going to be there till lunch next day. You I bet. Because <laughs> I, with I knew bone. she was lying.
0: Yeah. Dog yep. with a bone.
1: And it's just nothing, you know. it, it name date of birth well that's my i don't know what my driver's license number is but it's my name and this is my date of birth nope nothing found well i'm telling you it's what it is oh it might be under this name because of that And it was just that shit over and over and over again or i'm 48 years old and i've never had an id or driver's license yeah that too and i was born here yes in texas (laughs) yeah i can't remember what all it was but we finally identified her but the reason why we ask questions and the reason and we don't want the, the public to be offended by these questions in any way. It's because these people are steady lying to us. Mm -hmm. We're trying to enforce the law. We're trying to keep the average citizen's property safe. And we're dealing day in and day out with people that will lie right to our face. And so we just met you, so we
2: don't know if you're lying to us or not.
1: Exactly. So we ask questions in order to kind of gauge where you fall on that spectrum. Does
0: what you're saying make sense? Yeah, when it does make sense. So in a family violence, and you tell me that for absolutely no reason he just came up and hit you. And and even on so on family violence, so... One or thing I called first. I, I, but I'm the one that called. Absolute favorite line any police officers ever, ever heard. Just because you call the police does not mean that you're the victim. It may mean you're manipulating the situation
1: yep. and
0: you're the actor. So I remember on family violences that I worked, I would ask what they were arguing about. And they would get really offended by that, as though I'm trying to become their friend and get into their business and all of that. And I would try to explain to people... If you're mad at your husband because he's ordered yet another dumb thing off Amazon, that's a different argument than if he is screwing your sister. Right? So I'm trying to gauge the intensity of the argument and and how things came about.
2: And why right? he hit you in the face with a bat. Right. Right. That would be an Amazon. That he just ordered on Amazon versus premeditated. Mm hmm. <laughs> yep. <clears throat>
0: So questions are not meant that I don't believe you. If I'm questioning you, it's not necessarily because I think you're a liar. Sometimes it's because I'm trying to make sure that what you're telling me makes sense and I'm meeting all of the elements of the offense because most people don't realize. The way I used to explain it to people is criminal offenses have a mental culpability and an overt act. So a mental state of mind and then an actual physical action that was taken so the way I used to take, tell people is, if I see a pen sitting on a piece of paper on a tablet or something like that, and I pick it up, I think that's my pen. Oh, that's my pen, and I grab my pen and I go to leave with it. Have I committed theft?
1: No. You ha- uh, yeah. No, mm-hmm.
0: because I am not intentionally, knowingly, that's and right. intentionally depriving you, you of your property. Yeah, you didn't. I thought it, it was my pen. It was a genuine mistake. Right. I had a lady get really mad at me one time because I had a guy walk into her house on a Saturday afternoon. And she wanted me to put him under the jail. She's home, cleaning house. This guy walks in her house. And he immediately
2: identified that it wasn't his and walked back out?
0: Well, sort of. She screamed, and he got scared and left. He was drunk, he was legally blind, and he lived next door. So he just accidentally... Went in the wrong house. And both houses, they were in one of those neighborhoods where both houses looked exactly the same. Cutter, yeah. yes. And whether or
1: not it's true, he sure got a hell of a defense.
0: <laughs> he he was, I think, I mean, I, I I believe from talking to him that he had no idea he walked in the wrong house. Right. So she's mad at me that I'm not going to put him in jail. And I'm like, ma'am, he didn't knowingly and intentionally enter your residence. He thought he was going into his to house. to be able to
2: prosecute. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So, so when I'm asking you all the questions...
2: That's not meant for y'all. Okay. <laughs> Go
0: ahead. Uh, when I'm asking all the questions, I have to meet the elements of the offense, which means I have to meet um, what the overt act was and what was the, m- the mental state. Did, did this person – so what is it? Knowingly, intentionally, uh, recklessly, recklessly – or with criminal negligence. Or with criminal negligence. Those are the four mental culpable uh, states. Culpable mental states, yeah. Um, so when I'm asking the questions, I have to meet that. And then also with, with like, assault – Assault at minimum is unwanted contact, but then you get into
1: injury, 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 pain, pain, um, serious bodily injury, bodily
0: injury, things like that. That all raises those levels.
1: Or deadly force.
0: If you're getting into theft or criminal mischief or criminal, so it's my favorite criminal mischief story I had. Uh, Boyfriend and girlfriend, grandchildren of the people that lived in the trailer were kicked out of the trailer but wouldn't leave the property and moved into the tool shed stop (laughs) it's so judgy I've been there though
2: (laughs) and I I don't it might have been the same family go ahead so
0: grandpa had a light and a plug in his tool shed and he shut off the power to it because he didn't want them plugging in a window unit and running up his light bill Mm -hmm. the boyfriend of the granddaughter then ran an extension cord to grandpa's uh power strip outside of his trailer and grandpa cut the cord cut the electrical cord so the boyfriend calls in it's criminal mischief because he cut my electrical cord and as i'm investigating i'm like no no he's not knowingly intentionally trying to damage your property he's trying to prevent you from from stealing his utilities and I left that call with just a special warm fuzzy feeling that how, how that about was the not. And the Valero. Oh, that one was fun too. The lady on the video, the guy drops his wallet as he's leaving the Valero. He has like basketball shorts on, real baggy, he tries to stick them in his pocket and it missed and it fell. And he just keeps, you can tell he didn't notice it and he kept going to his car. Next person out of the store picks up the wallet, looks inside it, and then drops it and picks it up again. And I wanted to charge her with two counts of theft because God knocked it out of her hand and she picked it up again. So two separate... So she ended up taking it. She took it.
1: Yeah, but she was going to mail it to him though, right? Didn't She, she didn't trust the
0: store him? clerk. She didn't trust the store clerk to go back in and give it to the store clerk. So she looked and saw that there was a driver's license in the wallet and so she mailed it to the driver's license. And then the victim was mad because that wasn't his legal address. He'd never updated his address mm. so yeah so that's why you need to update your address on your driver's license so that if something like that happens um, that's funny
1: she calls me and she's like i'm gonna charge it twice because at the time we didn't know two counts two counts of theft because she picked that thing up jesus and jesus knocked, knocked it out of her, out of her head, hand yeah. and then she picked it up again
0: <laughs> <laughs> i, I like, got it on God. tape man that's it well yeah so
1: so yeah we ask questions we ask it seems silly some of the stuff that we ask it seems uh, almost accusatory. some of the questions that we ask I' we're here to tell you and I keep using the, the percentage 99.9% because there's a shitload of cops in America and there's really not a lot of bad cops out there. It seems like on the way that they're portrayed that there are and it might be going up now because standards are getting lower because they're having trouble hiring people wonder why that is but uh <laughs> mm-hmm. le- lean into it Ken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um i mean but we're not out there to be nosy we're trying to figure out the the elements of the offense the 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 situation that's occurred and really and truly at the end of the day we're just trying to do our job and go home
0: absolutely so my next subject would be noise disturbance
1: Noise.
0: If you never want to hear music or a dog bark, go buy a large acres. piece of property and put your house dead center of that property. And you're
2: still going to hear music. And you're still You'll still hear it. Jets dog going dog overhead. We, whatever you. We can. have
0: a pretty sizable piece of property out in the country, and we still hear gunshots, tractors, roosters. trucks,
1: the neighbors' hogs. roosters.
0: Yes. So, but my thing is this. Okay, so your neighbor's dog's annoying you. Your neighbor's having a party. Whatever it is. What frustrated me is that people cannot just interact with each other and be kind.
2: Right. They At can't go speak start to their neighbor.
0: off with being kind and trying to rationalize with your neighbor a little bit. And say, hey, you know, my husband works night shift. I know you let your dog out. Cute dog. Whatever. And, like... Reasonably try to come to an agreement. That would between require the two them to speak to their neighbor. Yes. Right. How
2: about
1: that?
0: Don't immediately call law enforcement if you think that you can amicably discuss it. And so maybe 2 a.m. is not the time to amicably attempt to discuss it. Right, right.
1: after you've had three or four glasses of wine. And Correct. Yeah.
0: So maybe you have that one night, you and that's annoying. Sure. And then the next day, when everybody's sober and everybody's calm, you go to them and say, "Hey."
2: You might have to wait till about 2 p.m. because they're probably going to sleep in.
0: Right. Now, but if they're at least an ass,
1: yeah. Now if they're an ass and they tell you, you know, what you know what for, then go home then and from the next time on it happens, call, call the police. Po-po. Right. But, but at, at least, least make the make the effort.
0: Because your relationship with your neighbors not going to get any better if you start off with calling the police.
1: Well, there no. is no relationship. Yeah, exactly. But,
0: I mean, your neighbor, I and you know, and you know, we've been, we've all been to the calls where they're intentionally jacking with each other. Oh, yeah. And they're intentionally doing shit because they were pissed at each other, and now it's game on. And now it's... Well,
2: and it, it often starts with not talking to them and asking them to turn the radio down versus just calling the police no matter what.
0: And the first question I would ask people when they would call in about it, I would say, what did they say when you talked to them about it?
1: hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, oh I didn't, uh, I didn't, I'm too I don't, scared to I go I'm over there. I'm
0: not going over there. Okay. Well, okay. Well,
1: so now the first interaction that you're going to have with your neighbor is the cops are getting called. Oh. I remember we got off work at 6 a.m. Uh, for the majority of our career. In fact, mm-hmm. uh, I spent a lot more time on night shift than I ever did. Well, I, I did evenings for a little while, but um, he calls me one morning at like 6:45 <laughs> or something, and I can hear. Saws and shit going on in the background. He said, "Can you hear that?" I said, "Yeah." And he goes, "I think my neighbor's building a skyscraper." (laughs) Yeah, I I remember
2: this conversation now.
1: And uh, but I think he just went over and talked to him. And yeah, uh,
2: hey, dude. And and some of it was uh, they had music going as well, and I don't mind whatever. What kind of music? Yeah. Well, (laughs) uh, festive. Yeah, festive music. I don't mind at all. It's being. It's it's uh, you know. The guy's adding on to his house. Yeah. It's a it's a good time for that guy. You know, but when you're chunking stuff from the very top part of the roof and uh there's not a lot you can do to quiet a, a a construction site, but where there is a point where you can help out, I expect you to do that. Yeah. And uh the music was very loud and then of course the saws and stuff didn't help, but they have to saw things in half I in order to
1: yeah, I guess yeah. my point in saying that was that, you know, um, we work all night long. And at 6 a.m., from 6 in the morning or at least 7 in the morning onward, throughout the entire time we're trying to sleep between the mowers and the airplanes and the sirens and everything else that's going on outside in the traffic, uh, we're not calling and complaining about the noise.
0: You have box fans and air conditioning yes. units and white noise on your phone. Well, I had a,
2: uh, when I, it was the first, probably first four or five years I lived in the neighborhood I live in now. I've lived there for over twenty years, but the homeowners Association president would knock on my door, and it was never beyond noon. It was like at ten thirty in the morning
1: mm.
2: every time mm. which told like me when you just work. got to sleep, right, yeah, and I was in that deep mode, yeah, and of course, I had dogs, and if you mm-hmm. if a bird flew by my door, he's barking, so if you knock on the door or ring the doorbell, and we clearly had a sign. Well, I had a sign. My wife took it down. She made her own sign because mine was not very nice. (laughs) Um, But they knew. My community knew me. And that guy knew I worked nights. Mm -hmm. And he still did it. It, And I know we're going down a rabbit hole here, but uh, we're talking about relationships with police officers and citizens. Uh, If it's not that important... And he wanted to talk to me about juveniles throwing beer cans out at the park the last time I spoke to him. It's the last time I ever spoke to him. And I said, I will call you or talk to you when I get done, you realize I get off at 6am, sometimes later than that if something happens mm-hmm. it's 10.30 which means to you that would be around 3 and, in the morning? Yeah, yeah, 2 or 3 in the morning so I, I I would appreciate it if you wouldn't knock on my door ever again.
1: I've got a great topic for interactions with the public I just thought of coming up to police officers while they're eating. Oh, that's great
0: <laughs> or coming up to you while you're off-duty, whatever the time, because they see the marked unit in your driveway. Right. And we had, and we're going to definitely talk about, I don't mean to bother you, but. but. Which is how all I'm trying to eat, lunch, And you just cut the first tap. piece of your right.
2: steak off your steak. Yeah.
1: You so, haven't even put it in your mouth yet. Mm-mm.
0: So, hitting still on yours before we go to the meals. Don't come to my house when I'm off-duty. Right. Because of Whatever first of I'm, all, I'm off duty gonna,
2: First of all I tried n- Almost 100% of the time Not to enforce anything In my neighborhood Do right, not police yeah. your own neighborhood? I have a duty to protect my family mm-hmm.
0: You may call it in Right And have somebody come out in there And dress it Absolutely But I had I remember I had two guys Come to our house At I don't know Eight, nine o'clock It was winter time So it was dark And, and I have two men On my front porch Ringing my doorbell and you know i try to let my husband handle it but then the popo in me starts pushing past him Mm -hmm. and yelling at the guys and i'm like in today's day and age do you really think that it's a good idea for you to come and stand on my doorstep two men at night right and and try to get my attention because you see my car Nowadays, that doesn't mean you want my help. Nowadays, that could mean you want to hurt me, right. or you want to hurt Were my. Were they husband.
2: receptive, or did you have to? They
0: realized that once I started, you know, pointing it out, running to them, the logic down to them, and they all they wanted was they they thought they had a drug house in their neighborhood, and they lived like two streets over, and they wanted to talk to me about yeah, what that's they a good should time do. To chat about it, and that's what I said. I'm like. Now's not the time.
2: This is the reason why I spent $18,000 on a wrought iron fencing around my house. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: in my neighborhood, we're not allowed to have that. So mm-hmm. I'm just really happy I don't have a mark. So if you're on I'm my front- doorstep, you've already... You've already broken the law.
2: Well, you've already cleared a hurdle for me anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. yeah,
0: yeah. So meals. Meals. First of all, what you should understand is if there is a police officer and they are eating a meal, whatever meal it is, in uniform, when they sat down, in their mind, a stopwatch started. And, and that well, stopwatch... It's a,
1: it's, a, it's a bag of lit dynamite, what it really and is. And we're waiting I mean. for the
0: radio to go off. And we're trying to not have a dining experience. we trying to replenish... But eat our food as right. quickly as we can, so that when the radio goes off that someone just shot themselves, we can go spend the next three hours on that scene working that scene and if you want to come up and start asking me 14 questions I mean if you want to come up and say thank you for your service fantastic thank you very much
1: and in no time is any officer or deputy or anybody going to really be rude to you if you come up and do that. We're going to be nice. We're, we're going gonna patiently to patiently go through the conversation. Yes, we're going to patiently do it. You'll never, you better not anyways. Uh, it would be really tragic if that happened, that somebody actually was rude to you when you well, came up and Well, I would think we wouldn't
2: be like Billy Bob Thornton and Santa Claus uh, when the lady walked up with her son. <laughs> Bad Santa? <laughs> and no. had, oh, that's what it was.
1: But I
0: think if people understand why we don't necessarily want to be interrupted right at that exactly. moment. Exactly. If I'm standing in a gas station drinking a Coke, I don't mind you coming up and talking to me. All night
2: long. Me. I'm
0: there. I'm in the public. I'm ready to talk. That's our That's job. cool. Yep. Totally f- cool. If I just sat down, and I've been running call to call to call, and I have... Maybe twenty minutes, fifteen minutes to get this don't get, meal eaten.
1: We don't get set lunch breaks. I'm
0: not off the clock.
1: Yeah, no, we we we're if still have to respond goes to a call. Off, yes. I
0: get up and run out of the restaurant.
1: You still have fingerprint powder all over your shirt. In fact, I said that I was sitting down in a restaurant one day, and it was taking these people. we were like twenty minutes into it, and it was me and, and a couple other guys that were there because the policy is two and a supervisor. And I'm sitting here, and I'm like, um "Man, they really just want us to have to run out of here for robbery in progress." And I shit you not, thirty seconds later, robbery in progress. Oh no, that would have been a violation of policy if you'd have been with me.
0: You were at the next table, <laughs> or I was parking <laughs> back.
1: Uh, but yeah, I mean, I shit you not. Uh, within thirty seconds of me saying that, robbery in progress at the Shell station, three hundred yards away. All right. And so we all go busting out of here, and I'm sure the waiter's coming out with armful of food, watching us run out of the restaurant. You know, we're just trying to get our, some food in us. Right. Especially if we're doing it, like you and me are working until 6 in the morning. There's not a lot of restaurants open past 9 o'clock. Right. So we're just trying to get some Go grub I in. Hop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> IHOP or Whataburger is pretty much what your, what your taqueria around us. And then the waitress would tell us that guy on booth B is heavily intoxicated. Yes. Well That's part of the, you know, it's part of yeah. it, I guess. Yeah.
0: He's um, trying to sober
1: up. But if you come up to us at 7 o'clock at Olive Garden... And say, I hate to bother you or hate to interrupt your dinner, but even if it's not visible, that officer just rolled their eyes inside yep. their head. And um, now there have been times when I've done that and then really regretted it because it was a, a serious deal. Right. <laughs> um, and, and really didn't need my and, attention. And if it is a
0: serious deal, then do what you need to do. Interrupt yes, my meal, do. because yeah. now you're my call.
1: Yeah, please interrupt my meal. We don't mind it. Right. But if you've got minutia.
0: I got a question. It's 14 years ago, somebody did this. 14
1: years ago, my brother told me that my ex-husband, whatever. Nope. But a lot of them are
2: guys or gals that used to be in trouble. Or, and at that moment in their life, they're not wanted. They're not they're not doing anything wrong and it just seems like they gravitate to police officers and they can have a conversation with them mm-hmm. because they're not wanted they don't have to look over their shoulder now two nights later you might have to be chasing that guy down an alley between two apartments right but that moment that guy's not wanted and he's your best friend you and, and yes he'll
1: interrupt you he will your dinner well i'll say that we are a we're people just like everybody else we have to put that aside we have to put emotion aside a lot on a lot of these scenes so we kind of seem like we're unfeeling or at least very matter of fact and that's just a you know i guess a byproduct of doing the job as long as you do um but we're people just like everybody else we we get hungry we get thirsty we have to pee uh we are we're just out here doing a job So, we're not here to arrest you. We're not here to write you a ticket immediately off the bat. You know, we're just here to do a job, and God knows we're not infallible. We just try to do the best we can.
0: And I think what I used to try and tell, especially the women when I taught the self defense stuff, was police officers are not inherently really good at reacting to bad situations. That's right. We just do it over and over and over and over and over again until it becomes ingrained in us and until we've learned some tips and tricks and some things to control our emotions or to control the situation, things that we found to calm people down, to get something under control.
2: Well, we've learned that overreacting can be a really bad thing. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: And escalate the situation. Yep. Time so and distance is your friend. What I would tell people is Always, and what police officers, I think, do is always play what if. Mm-hmm. If I'm sitting in this restaurant and someone walks in right now, what would I do? What are my options? What can I do to get away from the situation if that's Absolutely. what your goal is? Or what is? what can I do to be a good witness? Or what can I do to defend someone else? What do I do if something happens uh, in whatever the situation is? And then the other part of it is there's a book that I recommend – uh, it's called The Gift of Fear by Gavin De Becker, and he talks about recognizing the precursors of violent behavior, and so when you're driving down the freeway, you can tell, for the most part, if the car in front of you is going to change lanes mm-hmm. or take the next exit or make a turn. Because they're looking in their mirrors, you can see their head moving around, you start... I mean, they're not going to use their blanker. No, no, no. But, I mean, you know, like, you mm-hmm. can see the indications, their speed has changed, whatever it is. Same thing with criminals, with, with violent situations, you can see, we see, because of years of experience, the precursors of somebody's about to become violent, for the most part. Yep. So, that book takes you through all sorts of different scenarios, um, and... It's actually recommended by our academy. You get, like, training, in-service training hours if you take a test on the book that is that, I think, well thought of. But I I just, I mean, it kind of grabs you right off the bat. Um, The first story in the book is a female in, uh, like, a a New York City setting, been running errands all day, has a bunch of bags, and she's going into her apartment, and it's an internal staircase, and there's a guy in there, and um, one of the bags breaks and little cans of cat food roll around and he starts helping gather it up and he's being very friendly and very helpful and says I'll just I'll just help you carry these up to your apartment and then and then I'll go I promise and she's no you know I have it I got it I don't need your help and he you know kind of guilts her into letting him help her and then go upstairs and she's this is fine this is fine at the door and he goes no you know it's like, open the door mm-hmm. I'll set it on the counter and And then as soon as I set it on your counter I'll leave, leave, I promise And she's, well, you know uh, Oh, come on, there's nothing wrong with letting A a pretty lady letting a man help her You know, just sort of guilt trip Little comments like that So he ends up raping her And uh, She's laying in the bed, he gets up He says, I'm just going to go get a glass of water And then I'm going to leave, I promise And as he leaves the bedroom He turns on the stereo
2: So she knows something else is about to happen
0: well, so he turns on the stereo and then he goes into the kitchen and she hears drawers opening and she says, and, and, and this story is being told from a, the perspective of an interview that Gavin Becker is doing with her about what happened and about how this came about and the warning signs. And she says, I don't know what came over me or what made me do it, but I gathered myself up in the, in the sheet and I, I snuck out of the apartment. I went to a neighbor's house and I called for help. And he said, you do know why you did it. You just don't know how to articulate why you did it. Right. If the worst thing that was going to happen to you was the rape, why turn the stereo on? That's right. And if he's going to get a glass of water, who keeps cups in drawers? Right. No one. What are in drawers? Mm -hmm. Knives. So you knew exactly why you did what you did. You just didn't recognize the precursors of that violent behavior until... Unfortunately, something had already happened. But fortunately, you started to recognize them before the next bad thing happened and you got out of the situation. So I think that that is a really good lesson. And and even for police officers, they say the thing that will kill you, the most dangerous time in a police officer's career is when you've been on duty for like 10 years. Eight years. Eight 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 to 10 years. That now you become very complacent. and we know and we recognize but we sort of feel a little bit invincible and we feel like we've got this and i know how to handle each call and now that's when that's when things get dangerous for you so i don't know it's a little bit cheesy maybe but i would recommend that book
2: it goes back to and i have to continue i mean we're getting it and you know a little further into this but you know if someone's offended by the way we tactically show up or um why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? And they almost think it's cheesy to do what he's doing, but that might be the call. Right. You know, yeah. Uh that, that where he's gonna kill the officer.
1: And we're talking about this from our uh lengthy experience. I mean right. we're we're not taking into account the two year officer who may not have run that call before. So when he starts asking questions or interacting with you and he might seem a little bit insecure or maybe a little bit unsure. Right he may not have run that call yet. He might be waiting on somebody with 14 years experience who's on their way and he's just trying to get everything keep everything under control until he gets there. Right. So um, It's a two-way street. I just I don't know. I guess the to s- very crude summary of it is, you know, give cops a break people and Give to, your fellow citizens give your citizen a break. break. Yeah.
0: If somebody needs help. I remember getting a call about Two coaches, two soccer coaches, called because a fourteen-year-old boy was bleeding and ran by them and ran off into the woods. And they called. I said, "Did Wait, you? Did you go check on him? Did you go check on him?" <laughs> well, no, I didn't want to get involved.
2: Well, it's the same thing. Well, as you're someone, involved.
0: You're involved. You called law enforcement. <laughs> Why would you let a child beat up, run by you? or an
2: officer getting beat up? And all they Don't do is sit there and it. film it right. with their damn iPhone. You know.
0: So I would say.
2: We all have a duty to do the right thing.
0: And if you're afraid, as a citizen, of getting involved, there's legal insurance for you the same way there is for law enforcement. My husband has it. And he's a civilian. So that if you do get involved, you do have.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And and cops are not lawyers. So please do not walk up to cops and say, Can I shoot someone if blah, blah, blah?
2: <laughs> it's out of our hands when it goes that, to the grand that jury. That
0: question, I don't want any part of and 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 i'll even twist it and say this as a peace officer i never say in my brain can i shoot this person i think do i have to shoot this person is there anything i can do to de-escalate this situation to get this under control to keep everybody safe without me necessarily having to kill them because if i can do that i will if i need to kill them then i will and i've been in those situations and i was 100 percent locked sights ready to do it but if i can figure out how to get this under control let's do that your mentality should not be can i shoot this person
1: yeah as and and most officers mentality is absolutely not can i (laughs) uh and the citizens shouldn't be that way either it would be should i well
0: do i have to most
2: people understand the violent Situation that occurs when you fire a bullet from a weapon, and it enters your torso or something like that. That is that is humanizing the situation to know that uh, that's pain, that's mm-hmm. blood loss, that's uh, smells that you normally don't smell. Uh, you know, it's it's a lot of things that we sounds are gonna yes, and that we're gonna try to avoid. Hopefully, every officer feels that way. You know,
0: well, I think we all know people who have had to kill somebody in the line of duty, and it has had for some of them, really difficult, Mm -hmm. lingering effects of the trauma of the whole situation. I mean, some people maybe can compartmentalize it better than others, but it's a pretty traumatic event, obviously not only for the person who's shot, but for the officer who had to take the action for the citizens that had to see the whole thing go down, family members, friends, whoever was present when it happened. It's a pretty traumatic event. It's not like it is on TV.
2: No matter so, what, those demons will come visit you.
0: Yes.
1: So we sure as hell are not looking to invite them. No. No. We're trying to And if you are inviting, you're in the wrong business. Exactly. And that and going back to what you said earlier, and I know we've said it in previous, you know, airings that nobody wants bad cops out of law enforcement faster than good cops do. Yep. I mean, we don't like our badge being tarnished by the actions of others. Mm So we're trying to do the right thing. We have a job to do. We have some things, as Amber said, say shall, say may. <clears throat> in a lot of situations, we don't have an option. We have to do something, and one of those is a warrant. If you've got a warrant for your arrest, the first words, and that warrant's wording shall. is, you are hereby commanded to take yeah. this person into custody. Right. Bring them before me. Judge whatever in whatever court. And in very limited situations, do you have the option of not arresting somebody for a warrant? Right. Um, so,
0: so I think that's pretty good. Well rounded. I mean, I'm just thinking, I tried to think back when I ran calls, if I could have just told somebody, I wish you knew blah, blah, blah. And, and if I, if you do ask for my advice, if you do get into a situation with somebody and I tell you, or somebody tells you, you need to get out of this situation, Get out of it. Get awesome. away from it if you can.
1: Especially if it's the police, because they've probably seen that situation 300 times in the last year, and they know how it ends.
2: Well, I know that I can tell this story that i told a woman at least twice that she's going to end up in a body bag, and that's exactly where she ended up, and I had to respond to that call.
0: Happened so, to me, too. And, and that's a difficult night. It was sad
2: right? to, mm-hmm. to see it, and it was sad to know that she probably thought she had nowhere else to go. You know, she probably thought, well, I think it'll get better. She loved the guy, and he supposedly loved her, too, but um, that's exact. And then he kills himself.
0: Yeah, that was how mine went down. The- killed the mom and then killed himself in front of the kids.
1: There's a, there's another thing, too, about us going to those calls. Um, we get called to family violence all the time. All the time. It might be the number one call. Right. Um,
0: I think alarms. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're right. It might be alarm. Let's just speak on that for a moment. Yeah. Um, Make sure
0: your alarm functions properly, and you have a permit. Yeah. And, and you, don't laugh and when and you accidentally set it off, and the police house. come yeah. out. Yeah,
1: and the numbers right. are, and there's a contact number for you, so we can get a hold of you when your shit is broken into. But
0: and when you see a deputy responding to your alarm call, do not laugh. Oops, my bad. Uh, was, we were just <laughs> testing it. Yeah. Uh,
1: yes. The the thing to remember is police officers are not. Counselors, We're not psychiatrists. We're not licensed mental health Although we play them on TV. But when you call us out for a family violence situation, we're not your counselor. We're going to try to assess the situation, try to keep the peace. We're going to try to do what we can. But if you and your husband, you and your wife need counseling, go get it from a professional.
0: I can't it. fix your 30-year marriage. Nope. In my call to your house at 9 o'clock on a Wednesday night.
1: In your 15 minutes of interaction with them? No, I no. can't fix it. And so if you feel, if, if it's a constant ongoing thing, you need to seek out some professional help. The police are not the answer for you. Unless there's violence occurring. If you're in an argument with your husband or with your wife about something and you need the police and you think that we're coming out to be your counselor... Or that we're coming out with a magic act right stick where we wave a magic wand and, and they don't talk mean to Man, you if anymore. I could buy
0: that, I would.
1: I'm telling you Damn. that people are convinced that we have that.
0: Amazon Prime, come on.
1: A lot of them will say, will you tell him this? Yeah, make him be nice to me. You know, he called me a this. Uh, hmm. I'm sure in the 80s and the 70s that might have worked, but certainly not nowadays. Well, in the 80s, um,
2: they were handled much differently, I, w- I would think. Mm-hmm.
1: They did have magic that right stick, but we don't carry those anymore.
0: Yeah, so. so
1: we're not we're not counselors. We do want to try to do the best we can. Some of us are better talkers than others, um, but at the end of the day, if you really need some professional help, seek it out. It's, it's not the police. Because if we get called out,
2: we have a job to do at that mm-hmm. point. And even if
0: you want to try and change directions, you call 911, he's beating you up, we get out there and you think that at that point we're not going to do anything because you told us you didn't want to do anything. That is not the case. Um, that is one offense where we as representatives of the state of Texas can file the charges ourselves. So.
1: Well, and we normally, um, you, you're able to identify a primary aggressor in a family violence situation. Well, we had a a house, uh, I think we might have been called to their house five times in two weeks because they kept calling on each other, thinking that somebody was going to get arrested. And uh, finally, on the last one, they gave us exactly what we needed to put a stop to it, which was, he hit me. Well, no, she hit me first. No, he hit me first. So you're both saying you hit each other first. And we took them both to jail because we wanted to... At least let them know that the police are not the cure for this situation. And
2: you never heard from them again.
1: Ever. No. Done. Never heard from them again. Yep. Um. And And it's sad sometimes you have to do that. It is. Uh, but they're wasting taxpayers' dollars. They're keeping us. in Five how many calls heads? is
2: wasting a lot of money.
1: How, how many how many crimes have we missed out on? How many people have had to wait an extra hour for our response because we're out here dealing with and, these knuckleheads? And the call
2: right there goes along with the, the alarms, the repeated alarms. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to this house call, the same call. Mm-hmm. And that's the fourth one is where First the officer school. gets killed.
1: Yeah.
0: Because he's annoyed that it's the same shit over and over it's again. It's the same yep. stuff.
2: I'm going to hear the same crap. Will you talk to my husband about this? Or my, will you talk to my wife about this? And the next thing you know husband wants to check out or the wife wants to check out on this one and uh, the officer is not mentally prepared because he thinks it's the same BS that he's dealt with, you know, 4 days ago.
0: Or child discipline. Um
1: there's a comedian, he's very controversial now, but he was funny at the time. Bill Cosby said, uh, "Parents are not interested in justice. We want quiet." <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. um law enforcement officers are interested in justice. But we also want quiet. Peace, officer. We are here to keep the peace. And if we're at your house five times in two weeks, that's not peaceful. No. Nope. It's not peaceful for your neighbors. We're not having it. Right. So, and I always had a rule, too. You can fight all you want to, but don't fight in front of kids.
0: Well, I just never understood calling the police because your child's not doing what you're telling them to do.
3: <laughs>
0: um. And, and, you know, jokingly, I would say that if my mom had called the police, it would be, come get the body. I had to kill her. <laughs> um, <laughs> because um, i think that's how we were all raised law
2: enforcement was never at my house or my neighborhood Mm-mm. no and, well i grew up and when i
0: started and we and i saw that we had child discipline calls i just don't i just didn't understand why these parents are not i'm with you i was baffled disciplining their kids um and i, I hear feedback from parents that the school told me i can't do this and and so and so told me i can't do this and, and the law is pretty clear. I don't know what CPS tells people, and I don't know, you know, I'm not trying to encourage people to just waylay their kids, but reasonable discipline is necessary in the home. And, and I had a, a, a mother of a, a pretty smart-alecky 16-year-old tell me, when I asked her, do you physically discipline your son? And she says, no, I don't believe violence is the answer. And I told her, I'm like, my entire outfit is based on the fact that violence is the answer sometimes otherwise i would just drag a couch behind me and try and convince everybody to do what i wanted them to do the fact that i have a taser and a gun and an aspaton an oc spray and a radio are all things that i have that are tools that i have to violently get someone under control if necessary mm-hmm. To and level the playing field between myself and a man twice my size. And it
2: didn't start at 16 for that child. No. It no. started a long time It started ago. at four. Yep.
0: Right. So, discipline your children. It's in the Bible. It's in the Penal Code. Chapter 9.1, I think, of the Texas Penal Code will tell it's you. It's all over the place. It's... What you can do. And by that same token, and I think, I my vote, we'd wrap it up on this. When you see... A police officer in public, and you're with your child. I know where you're going, yep. And the child is misbehaving, however mildly or strongly the child's misbehaving. Do not point at the cop and say, if you don't act right, she's going to arrest you, or he's going to arrest you.
1: Do not do it.
0: Because I'm going to tell you what my response is going to be And you're going to feel stupid when I say it to you In front of your child But my response that I've learned over the years Is I will look at your child and I will say That's not true I'm here to help you I'm your friend And if ever you're separated from your mom and dad You look for somebody like me And we're here to help Don't ever be afraid of me And then I look at the parent With a very serious look of disdain And then I turn around and walk away
1: I always say, we don't arrest <laughs> bad kids. We arrest bad parents.
0: That's good, too. That would take less words. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. that's the message. Don't that's make your message. kids that afraid kid of us.
2: It will forever remember that conversation.
0: Right. Don't don't. I'm not here to discipline your children. I don't right. have children. I didn't want to have children. Um, but I'm not here to discipline your child. I'm here to help your child. And if you go around and every cop you point out, you tell your four-year-old that I'm going to be mean to them. How are when they're they going to feel comfortable running yep. up to me when something bad happens? If you
2: disciplined your children, we would need less police officers. That's a fact.
0: I had a, a an inmate. Um, I had to take her to the bathroom from court one day, and she, like being a cut up, she shows me this tattoo on her on her butt, and it was two boxing gloves hanging down, and it said "Beat it like a champ," and I said, "Ma'am." Had your parents done that, you wouldn't be here right now. Mm -mm. True that, ma'am. True that.
1: (laughs) Well, we uh, all, I know, uh, for the three of us and most police officers, love our job. We love being a cop. We love helping people. We love being there. I like talking to people. When someone call up and want to talk to a sergeant about why something didn't happen the way they thought it should happen. I love those
2: conversations as well.
1: You know, education is how you bridge the gap between law enforcement and the public and so i would happily take those calls or you know i remember a lady calling in about a noise disturbance about dump trucks um or the tra- she's calling in about dump trucks that are at least a mile away and her house is literally 30 yards away from a railroad crossing <laughs> and so i'm like well, let's be a little bit you know let's let's have a little bit of common sense here just because you can hear a thing doesn't necessarily make it a crime But I used to love those conversations, and we did kind of get off topic a little bit here and there in this one. And actually, that's we've been on for a lot longer than that timer. (coughs) Um, But I think it's necessary, and I hope that there are some people that hear this and ask some other questions about it, you know, or, or follow up on some stuff. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's a job that we really love doing. I know that I'm not unhappy with how things have turned out for me. I know Kenton's not either. And nor, neither is Amber. Um, that we book all may be still being and, written, though, you know? Right, exactly. And so we're very passionate about this job. We're very passionate about um, doing the right thing and helping people. So don't feel like there's anything you can't talk to us about, especially the lunch thing. You know, we kind of went on that for a little while. But you can always come up to us. You can always ask us questions. And uh, I don't know, I guess...
0: I mean, I think that we've done a good job of touching numerous subjects that I think would help if people would listen, if people would take heed to what we're saying and maybe understand the rationale behind it better.
1: Yeah, maybe not have to describe or explain every single situation, but maybe hearing the insight. Right. Give them a little bit of...
2: Maybe on our next episode, maybe uh, if someone is listening to this one... uh, I'd like to know the people that had a bad experience with a police officer. Let us know what the story is. Yeah, and a lot of times, if you if someone does respond to this request, make sure it's true. You know, that's true. uh, I'm not calling anyone a liar or anything, but I've been given stories and looked into it, and come to find out, it wasn't even close to what they said.
1: So, Mm -hmm. if you truly had a bad experience, and leave the officer's name and the agency's name out of it. Don't don't elaborate. Let us know about it. Maybe we can
2: uh, touch on that as well.
0: But I tell people when they tell me stories about a bad experience they've had with cops, I'm like, "Cops are just like any other employee. Right. We have a boss. Yep. So if you don't, you think that the officer told you something that didn't make any sense or didn't seem fair, then feel free to call back dispatch and say you want to speak to the supervisor. Mm-hmm. And they 100 yep. percent are ready to take those calls and look into it.
2: It may have been just a bad day. We have we have kids, we have husbands, we have wives. Uh, you know, things can go bad for us too.
0: Right. So cool.
1: Well, we appreciate everybody listening to us again. Uh, we ran a little bit long, but uh, I think it was a good. I think it was a good talk. Yep. So, um, uh, I'm James. Amber. Kenton. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time.